I think I first heard of Star Wars Chicks maybe in an Entertainment Weekly article. Um, I I just had been so unaware. The idea that uh, there was any kind of broad female fan base for Star Wars, something I had been obsessed with since I was a kid, was just so mind-blowing to me. Um, And this was about the time that I started getting really into the internet. Lots of AOL Uh, chat room. Yeah. So, um, so this site, StarWarsChicks.com, which still exists, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure how active it is. Um, so one of the first things I was drawn to, besides the message board, it was called the library. It was the, and it was a fanfic archive of uh, just stories that everybody in, in the community had, had written. So um, I made an account. I still refuse to tell anybody what my author name was on this because I'm pretty sure it's still searchable. Well, I mean, what would people find? I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> there was always a link on, on the site, though, that was was tantalizing to me. So in addition to the library, there was something called Sith Chicks. And Sith Chicks, if you clicked on it, had a warning that said you needed to be 18 or older to enter and there were two options. It's like, yes, I'm 18, let me in. Or no, I'm under 18, get me out of here. And when I realized that I could click on yes, I'm 18 and go and see what Sith Chicks was all about and the internet couldn't tell that I was lying. That was uh, that was a pretty transcendent moment. Um, and it opened me up to just a universe full of Darth Maul fanfic. Sure, sure. That's why it, it, it was over eighteen, just because it had Darth Maul and no other reason. <laughs> that was that was a that was a, a principal character there. Hello, and welcome to What's Tech. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I am joined today by the entertainment editor and fan fiction and possibly slash fiction enthusiast, Emily Yoshida. It's aficionado, but no, I'm not really an I'm an enthusiast. Sure, a, yeah. sure. You respect the craft. I really respect the craft. Um, <laughs> and it, it's impossible to say, sound that without saying slightly facetious, but I do. And I'm I'm here to explain why. So if you've never listened to uh, an episode of What's Tech, it is a podcast where we discuss what's technology. Uh, there's a different topic each episode, but we also just discuss the broader issue of what is tech when it seems like everything in the world kind of feels like tech these days. Uh, and that's why I have Emily on to talk about fan fiction. You might not know this, but there's this thing called Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, and it is a sensation, and it is fan fiction. Uh, so how about we start there? I, I, I'm curious, what is fan fiction, and what is its relationship with technology? So fan fiction is a work of fiction written by a fan um, of any kind of pop culture property. Um, there are some exceptions. There are some, there's, so there's something called real-person fiction, um, which is... Uh, uh, any kind of One Direction fanfic would follow uh, fall under that that banner, for example. But um, but it really started. I mean, the kind of the most significant early fan fiction was uh, Star Trek fan fiction. Um, that's sort of the the uh, 
I guess the epi- or what would you call that? The epitome, the the, or- sure, the, the archetype. Maybe. Yeah, the archetype. I mean, it, so you know, Spock and Kirk fi- fan fiction, which yeah. is sort of the joke. That's sort of what everybody goes back to. Is that is that? But I mean, that was a that was uh, there was a very big community community around that at, at uh, early Star Trek conventions, um, and it would be done through zines that would be exchanged between almost all female writers at um, at these different conventions across the country, and it was a it was kind of a community that was built around that. So that was all pre-internet, but and in that that was a thriving community in that in that capacity as much as it could be there. But the internet really changed fan fiction and made it into something that just exploded. The biggest places it's thrived have been um, sites like fanfiction.net, which a lot of big-time fan fiction people are kind of turn up their noses at because they have some restrictions on the community, but um, uh, LiveJournal, Tumblr, the site called Wattpad, which is um, pretty huge. Um, and now even uh, Amazon recently has started this program called Kindle Worlds where you can monetize fanfic, um, which is sort of has some interesting implications, um, which we can talk about a little yeah, bit later. There's a, there's a lot here to unpack. Yeah, get, yeah. One of the first things that I'm curious about is you mentioned that it was mostly women who wrote the early Star Trek fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think fan fiction has a kind of feminine stereotype to it almost yeah. or or perception. Is there a reason for that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of it, it, I think it's different for everybody and it's hard to make a generalization about why certain people are more drawn to doing fanfic than other people. But sure. um, there was a article in, um, I feel like it was the Wall Street Journal recently, I, like really setting up the argument that, that fan fiction occupies the same space on the internet, at least like romantic, sexual fan fiction occupies the same place on the internet for women and genderqueer people as it does, as like porn does for men. <laughs> so basically women are smarter. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, it, it kind of, it kind of drew these different, this comparisons, like it's, it's non-visual, it takes a long time to read like somebody's whole novel or saga that they've created and that's the payoff is this expectation and this waiting and this build up and everything and um but it gets that same kind of following and you know kind of addictive um aspect to it when you are an aficionado or a writer or a reader or anything so sure yeah um well i guess that leads to slash fiction uh, and what is the difference between fan fiction? And I think slash fic is like a word a lot of people have heard, but maybe don't know the difference between slash fic versus fan fic. Right. Yeah. So not all fan fic is slash fic. You know, I originally knew it to mean just romantic stories about two characters of the same sex. Um, and I feel like that has I feel like I've heard that term now used just to mean any kind of uh, smutty type fanfic about two characters like regardless of their gender um but that's that's sort of the original meaning and uh you talk to people about who you're shipping like it's just this ongoing dialogue and the output is the stories and and art and videos and stuff like that so let's talk about shipping because i am embarrassed in talking about keeping up with these things that i did (laughs) not know what shipping was until this like past new year uh, when somebody was telling me about who they were shipping. So shipping is is just being a fan of a couple. Um, and it is both... Uh, so ship is, can be a noun or it can be a verb. So a ship could be uh, 
<laughs> the one that I had the most, maybe the most uh, experience with was when I used to work at a website and manage a community of Vampire Diaries fans. Sure. Um, and the war between people who were shipping Stefan and Elena and, um, oh my, and Damon and Elena was fierce. And they, like, they had their names. It was Stelena or Delano. And, um, and and like that, you identified yourself within the context of being a fan of the Vampire Diaries. But yeah, I mean, so it's it's the idea of being a fan. Like, I, essentially, it's it's what you hinge your love and enthusiasm for the show or the book or the movie on is your your enthusiasm or hope or um, approval of two people getting together. Yeah, and now this is happening in the real world where somebody who knows they can never be with Harry Styles decides that there is another person in the real world that Harry Styles should be with. Harry Styles, for people who might not know who that is, <laughs> is one of the, the handsomest singer of One Direction, one might say. He's uh, got the best hair. Uh, he certainly does. He's got great hair. You can, you can say what you want about <laughs> One Direction. Harry Styles has amazing hair. So there's two. So I, I should bring this up while I talk about this because most One Direction fan fiction or any kind of... Um, any real person fan fiction is not going to be between them and another person. It's going to be between them and a character referred to as a Mary Jane. A Mary Jane is basically a stand-in for the author or the reader. Just sort of an idealized version of yourself. Um, you know, it's like I was at the Wonder, or, you know, or Katie was at the One Direction concert. She'd heard of this band, but she didn't think that much of them. And then. Harry Styles came up to her after the show and whisked her away in a limo, and they fell in love. You know that kind of thing. She didn't really want to hang yeah. out with Harry, but well, that's always that's always a that's always a part of that. I mean, that's and that's sort of the Fifty Shades thing too. It's like the deliberation is such a huge part of that story. Uh, most of for, for people who are, have not read the book or seen the movie, a lot of it hinges on whether or not. Anastasia is going to sign the sex contract with Christian Grey. That's the most of the plot. Okay, let, let's let's dig into that because I think a lot of people know what Fifty Shades is, mm-hmm. and they know what Twilight is, and they know that somehow the two are connected. Mm-hmm. How did we get from one to the other? So, uh, so E.L. James, who um, oh, now I'm being bad and I can't remember her actual name, but her her username was Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. That was what she published under when she was writing Masters of the Universe, which was the original title of, or Master of the Universe, which was the original title of Fifty Shades of Grey, and it, when it was a Twilight fan fiction. Um, so the nerd connections are even more amazing than I yeah. ever understood. <laughs> so, <laughs> she man, really. Yeah. I don't think that that was intentional, although oh I'm not sure. Gosh. I've never found any reference to her acknowledging that. But uh, Master of the Universe existed in a part of Twilight fan fiction called uh, All Human, uh, which is essentially—it's fascinating to me because All Human are basically original stories that use these characters that people are familiar with from Twilight as jumping-off points. But they're not the same character— like so, Christian Grey was originally Edward Cullen from Twilight, but it, almost like an alternate life or an alternate reality where he's this Seattle billionaire. You and use, they're not vampires at all. No, nobody's all human. That's yeah. that's it. So basically, using these familiar characters as an entry point to then tell your own story, like tell exactly the story you would want. It's almost like using these characters as dolls. 
So it was published as Master of the Universe. It was on it was on a couple sites. It was on fa- fanfiction.net. It got uh, removed from fanfiction.net because of its content, um, but it was immensely popular. Um, E.L. James ended up setting up her own site at fiftyshades.com um, and just publishing it from there. And then uh, it was self-published through... I forget the name of this. It was like an online self-publishing platform, you know, nothing huge, but... Um, it was so popular that it ended up, I think, in twenty in twenty eleven it became self published. In twenty twelve, Vintage Books published it because that's when the kind of there's there's uh, the the legality around fan fiction is that uh, it's considered a derivative work. It's protected under copyright. It's as long as you're not making money on it. So I think as, as soon as she started to monetize it, she had to make a few tweaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because. I mean, going back to kind of the technology thing, it makes me think of, like, the power of different writing formats, the power of, you know, pen and ink, the power of the printing press, the power of being able to publish online, and, like, how more and more people are able to do these, like, bizarre, crazy things, but from these bizarre, crazy things become, like, the normal things. Yeah. Like, this thing, like, fanfic, which was a joke for a long time, is now... Well, it's, I mean, it was a joke to people who weren't in it. And then, but like so many other things, like hip hop or something, it's, uh, It's people realized how popular it was and that they could make money off of it. And that's the interesting thing to me about Kindle Worlds is that fan fiction has existed for decades, powered purely by people's love for the source material, their enthusiasm for it, their desire to share with other people and connect with the community. And now, because of the success of something like Fifty Shades of Grey, now there's the idea that, oh, maybe my fanfic can make money. And this had never really entered in the picture before that. And so I I really wonder how that's going to change how people approach things. Because there's also this other story, this One Direction fanfic called After that's on Wattpad that got optioned for a proper book publishing deal where I imagine it will undergo similar changes where they change the name of the character and uh, and also poss- possibly movie optioning rights. And so this idea now that instead of just, like, laboring away because you love Star Wars or you love Sailor Moon or both, for instance, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and you just are doing this because, you know, it's, it's how you have fun with your Internet friends, uh, now it's, oh, I could get discovered. And I think... I mean... That can change That That, that can change the, the content fundamentally. It's the punk rock thing. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, it's time for rapid-fire questions. Yeah. Um, uh, what are a few popular examples of fan fiction that people should go looking for if they're curious? Um, so, that, so that story called After is, is, is huge. If you want to talk just numbers, pure numbers, I think that that one and Fifty Shades are probably the biggest that I can think of off the top of my head. There's also one that's famously bad um, called My Immortal uh, that is a Harry Potter what? fanfic. And it's, I think it's largely been debunked as being a joke. It's sort of one of these things like The Room where you go from thinking that, oh, this is surely, this is, has to be a joke to like, oh, no, this is, I think this is serious. Um, is it true that your favorite type of fan fiction is Star Wars Sailor Moon CrossFit. Well, okay, so <laughs> that's something that I have the most experience in. Let's just let's just say uh, the probably my longest term engagement with any kind of fan fiction community was uh, was a indeed a Star Wars and Sailor Moon crossover uh, group. We were on a, a listserv. 
and I think on Yahoo groups for a little while too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, who doesn't I, have a Yahoo group except they're embarrassed? Yeah, <laughs> um, and final question: You have the choice to ship any any people in fiction or reality. Oh, or what reality. What is your dream cup like? couple that you would want to ship oh my well i'd say probably my all-time like true heart of hearts ship is uh dale cooper agent dale cooper and uh audrey horn on twin peaks that's my number one all-time ship oh that's good it's a good one i don't have anything good like i'd be like seth cohen and the new girl Seth <laughs> Co- oh oh you mean like oh yeah, you like, mean like i know we seth cohen from the oc and then he would show up in the new girl Oh, wait, no. Oh, I was just thinking, like, weren't they in a, th- a thing together? And I was, oh, no, that was 500 Days of Summer um, because I was just in G- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In. And that's pretty much Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing a Seth Cohen impersonation. I will say when Seth Cohen, a.k.a. Um, Adam Brody and uh, Leighton Meester hooked up, or got, they got married, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good one for me. It's as far wait, as— In real life? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Blair Guys. and we, Seth are together. We have, we have to bring this episode to a close. I have some googling to do. Um, thank you for joining me, Emily. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us. Uh, this is What's Tech. We are here every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes and all sorts of other uh, podcast networks. But I would especially like it if you uh, visit our iTunes page and leave a rating there because we're a new thing and it goes a long way to have a review. Um, and and that's it. Uh, we will see you all next time. Bye. <laughs>